Hello out there, is anybody listening? Because today is episode 88 of Alika Hope and Change, and I am Alika Hope. And I am the ever-loving class of 1988 Benson Polytechnic School. 88 keys on the keyboard. What? Change, also known as Emil. What's happening, sis? How you doing? Class of 1988. Hey, it's our 88th. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel this is one of my favorite numbers. It's got the alliteration. Mm -hmm. It's got the E. Mm -hmm. It's got it all, man. I mean, 88 was a dope year. 88's a dope episode. And 88, isn't that the, is it China where eight is a lucky number? That's correct. That's right. Okay. And eight is the infinity sign, sort of. Boom, boom. Oh, look, I'm doing good because I'm not good with this kind of stuff usually. But hey, that's nice. Right. 88. So we are, we are we are feeling this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It has meaning in multiple dimensions. And wow. plus, we I mean, come on, Aliko, mm-hmm. we got to we got to kind of put put a little got to put our, our, our listeners on because yeah. I don't know if they read your Facebook page. I don't know well, they no, know they the probably news. didn't because my Facebook is actually, my Facebook is my one relatively private space. So on my Facebook, I only have about 300 people and I know every single one of them. So probably, unless the listener knows us, which actually, shout out to those of you who do know me personally, who are listening, we love you. They probably don't know. So That's all to say. Because it wasn't on my Instagram or my Twitter or anything. So, you know, you know I love that you are a performer, but you're also humble. So let me open the door and you can walk oh. through. Okay. Because <laughs> I yeah. propose that at least for one episode, we change the name of the show. Oh, to what? Professor Hope and Change. <laughs> <laughs> we need to change the show. Why is that our listeners are saying? Because why? Why do we need to do that? Our why? dear Alika has yes. been selected as a mm-hmm. professor at mm-hmm. a prestigious private university where she will be teaching arts administration to mm-hmm. young, impressionable minds who are going to run the art world in a few decades. Yes. I like that. And my new okay so 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 let me just I'll, I'll just read you this little about thing i just wikipedia it so i can like tell you all this little speech but um i actually yes i've just appointed assistant what am i assistant professor of arts administration <laughs> at wagner college so wagner college is a private liberal arts college in new york city it's on staten island and it was founded in 1883 so i actually shout, got to go visit to the campus shout out to Wagner and oh and as my man likes to remind me because he told me some jokes today Pete Davidson graduated from Wagner College so um yeah I not like I'm not even that aware of Pete Davidson but I have been made very aware of him and all of his comedy by my other half A and my children who all famous ish claim um, <laughs> right I mean I'm, I'm sure you're not hitching your yes. wagon to that train, but what no. you are doing, what, what, what am you I doing? are doing yes. is you are putting your foot firmly yeah. 
where it belongs because you are a fantastic teacher. I've seen you put lessons together. I've seen you teach. I know where this is going to go. And the legend starts here. One day when they're talking about that teacher who, that professor who, that instructor who, it will be you who they are going back to saying, in my time, going from child to adult, learning how to become someone that I felt, this is them speaking about themselves, responsible to the art that I chose to oversee, curate, manifest, help bring forth. There was this Professor Hope that Mm -hmm. was amazing. She turned my life around. That is what I already see. Boom, done. I love that. Emil, you just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. No, not really. But I mean, I'm metaphorically speechless because I don't know that I've ever been actually speechless. But <laughs> um, I have stunted speech in response right now because, you know, I have taught college in the past. As a matter of fact, those of you who don't know, um, before I had my daughter, I was actually what they call a substitute full-time professor for the City University of New York and while I was still performing. And um, I was in a PhD program at Columbia and City University of New York said, if you get your PhD in six years, we will keep you as a full-time professor for the next six years and until you get your PhD. And I looked up in the sky and I said, this is not my calling. Thank you very much. And I then I went and I had a baby. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so I never did finish my PhD. I'm a PhD dropout. And the thing is, is that I realize now in hindsight, it's because I needed to do more in the arts. And the position that I have that I'll be starting at Wagner, I'm so excited about because um, it it's arts administration. So yeah, it's training the future people that run, you know, arts programs, maybe the the Joffrey Ballet or the the Metropolitan Opera or some small arts program in, you know, Wyoming, because there's this there's kids that come from around the country. And so I think that's what's exciting to me is getting to work with the future leaders in the arts while I'm still actively engaged as an artist myself. And um, had I chosen a path of getting my PhD in a different field, which is what I was doing, you know, 15 years ago, I never would be where I'm at now. And so I, we've talked about this in the show. It's like sometimes when you close a door that, you know, there are a couple people in my life that were like, I can't believe you're quitting your PhD. And I just knew it wasn't right for me. And when you, when you hear that voice and when you hear that message, it's okay to follow it. You don't have to walk in fear of like, oh my gosh, I got to finish this because the world expects this from me, right? Like you can walk in the path of your truth and then doors open down the road. You didn't even realize we're going to open. And that's where I feel right now is that I'm grateful that I, took a chance 15 years ago um, Quote to get where of I am the now. day, perhaps of the week or month. It's yeah. only the third uh, as we record. <laughs> but check this out, though. She said, walk yes. in the path of your truth. I'm like, see, she's already dropping those wisdom gems that there could be some kids writing that down. That's going to be like, dude, that was so deep. They're going to be in their dorm and they're going to be like talking with one of, you know, today, Professor Hope was like, oh, my God, it was so awesome. She said, you, you need to walk in the path of your truth. And I was just like, I wrote it down and I was paralyzed because I couldn't process it. And so I had to think. So like, I'm here in the dorm right now, you know, and I'm just like, whoa. Oh my gosh. Wow. <sighs> yeah, this is why I'm going to throw shade and I mean no shade badly. Yes, I do. But I mean, this is why only children don't know what they're missing when they don't have a, oh, a big brother who just like gives them props out of the blue. And they're just, I mean, 
If you are an only child and you need some love, you can message us through DM um, on our page on Insta because I will be your honorary sibling. Because to have a sibling say to you all these positive, uplifting things, there is nothing better. Nothing better. It's easy, though. It's so, all true. And, that, and that's the thing that, well, that I think we, we don't do enough of it. So I, I love hearing good news. You know, yeah. uh, something that I heard a lecturer say that just absolutely blew me away was, I always have time for good news. Mm. And that, that comment, that part of that lecture, just I stopped. I actually paused it then. And mm-hmm. I just marinated in that moment because we're... We always say you make time for things that are important. And so when he said that, um, and he was talking about it in a broad metaphysical sense, but I said, you know what? I need to make sure that I always hear good news. And when I do, make time, take time. Make time. to Not just acknowledge it like, oh, that's great, but actually sit in it. My sister, who has worked thousand different jobs over the last couple of two or three years, who's been a professor and who's been a performer and who's been a teacher and who's done all of these things and a stay-at-home mom and, and, and a homeschooled and a, ha- and a waitress I mean, like, literally waiting like all these, <laughs> she's she's culminating a lot of that with an opportunity to take all of that massive life experience mm-hmm. and say to people one of the things that you're going to learn as you learn to curate and oversee arts programs is how important these life experiences are to the artist and to help them understand the depth and power that life can bring to art and help them oversee programs that have in them people who go through the kind of experiences you've lived. And I want to say before we go to break that it's not just artists that live myriad of experiences. It's also air force officers with children who live amazing experiences, which help them to answer the questions we're going to ask after the break. And we will see how these questions get answered. And maybe we'll even have some questions answered by the man who's grown up immersed in music, who is a wonderful uncle and husband and phenomenal producer and engineer he may put in his two cents too. So you don't want to miss when we come back and we'll have different points of views on these Very challenging questions. We'll be right back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We're back, we're back, and we're going to have some fun. So we had an episode like mm, three months ago with some random questions, and I have compiled some more random questions, some from listeners, some from the World Wide Web. We're going to have a little discussion today. You guys game? I'm so down. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bring on the rando questions. All right. Here we go. I'm going to ask this, and you guys can both answer this. Um, This is actually a question that someone said to me that kind of blew my mind, even though it's basic, but this is very truthful, so here it is. So do you guys really want someone to give you an honest answer when you ask them how they're doing? Oh, yeah. I'm... 
genuinely interested in that individual's life in that moment. So when I say, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And you go into a soliloquy, Mm -hmm. I actually am prepared for the soliloquy. I wouldn't ask otherwise. Interesting. Okay. I actually have to answer that a different way. Yeah. It really all depends on what you mean by honest answer. Hmm. And I discover this while living in England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it's cultural, the way people answer that type of question. <clears throat> it's like the question, oh, so what do you do? Right? Mm. That's an American thing. To mm-hmm. ask, what do you do? How much money do you make? What do you do for a living? What do you do for a career? And then that turns into bragging, and then it turns into oversharing. <laughs> Versus, <laughs> yeah. yes. And I was right. told this by an right. English friend. It's like, why do Americans overshare so much? They're so obsessed with work. But then they tell you all of their issues and problems, and they're really <laughs> brutally honest and not the right way. Instead of asking someone what they think about something. You know, <laughs> where does your where do you stand on these things? You know? Mm-hmm. And so that whole honesty type thing, I think, is skewed based upon what you think you need to be saying. The whole mm. keep it real thing going on, mm-hmm. and which is really code for, I'm going to put this on somebody else so they don't have to think about it. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> I've had a lot of experience with that. No, so it's for interesting. Me, yeah. for respect, me, it respect really, for that, though. That's a great perspective. It really depends. You know, Mm -hmm. it really depends on, you know, A, who the person is and what their intentions are. Because typically the intention of the person is to one-up somebody else. So they're going to give you their honest, you know, I'm going to tell it like it is kind of thing. You know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? Versus the vulnerability. Because most people, especially I found here, are Mm -hmm. really terribly afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So there's my answer. Okay, so I wonder if you say, instead of saying how you doing, if you say, how's it going, or mm-hmm. what's up? So, because I, I, when I saw this question, I was like, yeah, you know what? If I say to someone, oh, hey, how you doing? And if they say, oh, I'm good, even though they like have cancer, mm-hmm. like they're not getting a chance to be truthful. So then should I just not ask them how they're doing if I'm not ready for the answer? Like Emil sounds like he's ready. But if I really don't want to know how someone's doing, Mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't ask them how you doing. Maybe I should just say, hey, nice to see you. There you go. There it is. It's a leading question. It's a leading question. That's it. How you doing? True. If you say, if you want, if you're not prepared for the answer, do Mm -hmm. not ask. Just Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, Give the inflection in your voice that this is a greeting, not an inqu- not an inquisition. Mm-hmm. man. Yeah. What's exactly. up, kid? Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's such a leading question. Like, right. when was the last time that you just said hi to somebody? Right. Just hi. Whether you know them or not, whether yeah. you want their life story or not. <laughs> when was the last time that you were just like, hey, like you just said, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you. Right. You know, like. what's interesting, I got I to gotta throw this one out there because, and Emil can relate to this, because in Oregon there were so few black people, I will say this, that our dad, at a very young age, he, he would always say hi to any black person he saw in Portland. Mm-hmm. Why do you say hi to black people? He's, he's like, because that's what you do, because there's so few of us. And I will say that I do have that habit still when I'm in a place 
well, actually, it's not just African-American. If I'm in a place where there's not very many um, African-American people and I notice, I'll say hi to someone who's black. But also, there's been times I've been in places where it's like full of men and there'll be one woman and I'll be like, hi, to a random woman. That happens a lot too. Mm-hmm. So, you right. know, that is a time when I say hi to like strangers and I just say hi without even asking how you're doing. Because it's like a connection point of like, yeah. you're in a field of people that don't at least outwardly identify with you and you feel like, like, oh, there's someone that, you know, has my genitalia or my skin color or something, you know. I see we are you. so I we're see so you. we're so sensitive in so many ways. I'm, I'm I get into a crowded room and I will seek out the person who's like not talking to anyone. Yeah. To do the same thing. Like I'll intentionally go over to that person who's not like I'm betting this person's an introvert. And although it probably terrifies them for me to say something, fellow introvert recognizing ourselves yeah we'll say something yep so i yep. i it yes you know we were raised in a place where you greet others um often because sometimes you need that a bit of that solidarity it, mm-hmm. it, you just want to make sure that you're not alone in that moment but mm-hmm. sometimes you see that person like for us uh i know for me and when i see that person i'm just like let mm, I me mean, at least give them the option to know that someone noticed them and then right. if they don't want to engage i'll i'll Respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Very true. Very true. Um, you want to ask a question, Emil? I'd be or- happy to. Okay. <laughs> so so I love these random questions, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> what's he going to ask us, Jamie? I don't know. He's like pausing. I'm like, mm. all right. Mm. So outside of performing, Alika, mm-hmm. Jamie, uh-huh. Uh-huh. tell us about a weird and embarrassing thing that you've worn in a public place <laughs> outside of performing <laughs> i know he said outside of performing and i'm like oh, oh yeah because i already know that you've done some really crazy uh, things performing so no i'm not giving you that one that's outside of performing outside yeah. of performing so it's like, like just- something random and which is i'm just gonna wear this today yeah or you had to wear it because it was laundry day. Or you found yourself in a situation where spilled it on the thing that you should not have spilled it on. And now this is all you got left. Okay, okay I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go, actually. Okay, I'll okay, go. Okay, go and ahead. this is not something I wore. It's something that happened. That's fine. It works. <laughs> and I'm going to preface this. Oh, with, no. <laughs> I was a teenager. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, as a young black child, <laughs> you're supposed to go to the barber, right? Yeah. Right. But if you're a young black child with no money, mm. you can't go to the barber. You got to wait for mm. mama to cut your hair. Mm-hmm. So, mama doesn't have time to cut your hair. So, what mm. do you do? You cut your cut own it hair. <laughs> My oh, hair yeah. looked like crop circles. <laughs> before that was cool I couldn't shave it because this is pre-Michael Jordan so <clears throat> excuse me so I went to school with this jacked up I, I couldn't wear a hat because you can't wear hats in school I can't breathe I can't breathe I can't. It's like and I had to go outside circles. it was like all uneven <laughs> it was completely uneven you got there like were, four sisters. They didn't help save you. No, like, no, no, because they didn't know how to do it either. Because they all had braids. 
Okay? <laughs> they all had braids, so they didn't oh know how God. to use the clippers. Yes, I, I, okay. I can't breathe. This is awesome. Because I can see it. I can so see I had it to wear too. the I had to wear the bad hairdo. Wow. Put it that way. How long did Jeez. that last? Until it grew back. Oh, really? She didn't take you to Ooh. the barber? Nope. What? Oh. Oh. I had to ride that out until it grew back and I could get it fixed. <laughs> yeah. Oh is, my god. And it was that it is, was it was the year seared, seared. It was the little. year before Michael Jordan did the whole bald thing. Oh, so Jamie. Seventh grade. Jamie. Oh. Seventh grade. Yes. Jamie. After the break, I want to parallel that story <laughs> okay. because I too have a story about hair. All right, you got it. We'll be right back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. All right. What is the story about hair you got for us, Emil? So in a very parallel moment in my life, it was 1983. You talk about the year before Michael Jordan and all of the stuff. And he had hair when he first came into the league. So we're pre that, that era. But this is 1983. I'm in the eighth grade. And I had a barber. He was a, he was a brother mm-hmm. in Seattle. Shout out to Jesse Duckworth. And he was a fantastic barber. But he had a bad day <laughs> on my head. Oh, no. And so oh, no. I heard it, and my mother was there, and she heard it, and she, because he had done such a good job on my hair so many times prior, he was like, I'll just cut it all off. It'll grow back. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's on me. And the next one's on me, too. And oh, she's great. like, Okay. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the barber and my mother never consulted the child who had to go into school <laughs> literally bald. Mm-hmm. They never said, oh, would no. you Was like something to, they never did. So I had it oh, all my gosh. gone. So the oh, next no. day I wear a cap on my head, hoping, praying that no one sees the absolute lack of a shred of hair on my head so i go through the first couple of classes this is a eighth grade middle school my best friend comes literally out of the blue and says why you're bald and i'm like what he's like man take your hat off i can see you're bald underneath why you're bald so i told him the story i just told you he laughed literally all day Every Aww. time he saw me, he laughed. BFF. Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, you know, especially boys in middle school. I, la- yeah, I do. Yes. He yep. laughed all day. Every time he saw me, he laughed. Of course, the hat came off. The hands covered the head. I was skin bald in 1983. That is not. So Jamie was seared. His memory seared mm-hmm. with the crop circle afro, CCA. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> You coined it. You coined it. The CCA. That's yours. The CCA. The CCA. The CCA. Yes. And I had to. I had to rock a Kojak when Kojak yes. was not the. Kojak was the man, but his style was not. Also known as a Kovatis. Yes. 
I I honestly, guys, I, I I think I can't answer this because when you said not related to performing, I'm thinking like anything I've ever worn that's weird and embarrassing has somehow been related to me performing or me making money from it. So <laughs> at I least you had a ch- at least at least you made some money out of your embarrassment. Jamie uh, and I just had to rock. I know the style. Or lack the of CCA uh, and the and the Kojak. Uh, I mean, come on, the CCA and the Kojak. The All right, I. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I'm never going to forget that. Go ahead. If someone tells you that they will give you a lifetime supply of anything that you like, what will that be and why? Time. A lifetime supply. Ooh. Time. Not enough time to do everything that we're expected to do or that we want to do. Time. I'll take some time. And not T-H-Y-M-E. I'm talking about Einstein, H.G. Wells time. (laughs) If you could sell it. If you could sell it, I would definitely buy some. (laughs) If I could have time in a bottle. There you go. Dreams that would never come true. Yeah. Sorry I to be a little even... existential there, but that's how I feel. No, that no, was, was like so powerful. I was yeah, thinking he was going to like just potato chips. On that one. I'm like, just marinating on that. I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, you know. Yeah. I need time to marinate. How's that? <laughs> I mean, my answer was going to be Taco Bell nacho fries. So, <laughs> you know. You know. In another universe, quiet. it's <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. You don't know how it goes in my house. In my do house, cannabis. How is this possible that you like no, nacho fries? And I have you don't never. Do cannabis? I have never indulged in Jane, Mary, whatever you want to say, and I will say that. And right, I'm, I know because I don't is, need it nacho to indulge. Fries are the listen. I didn't know they that. Are the treat really? of choice for the bunch? Yes, anything well, Taco Bell at two a.m. is oh. you know somebody's got cannabis going because they're like, dude, no. a Taco Bell. Like no, there's man, a 99 those... cent menu, dude. No, nah, no, nah, nah, but you, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you about these nacho fries. Oh, I even got like the home version recipe to make it home. Nah, didn't work. And I mean, it's so bad that my daughter, like we are, we're always paying attention. Cause see the thing about nacho fries is they, they come up when Taco Bell decides they want them to, and then they just take them away. So when they're come up, you're like, oh my gosh, we gotta go get nacho fries. Cause they might be gone in two weeks. We don't know when they're going to be gone. So, and and Taco Bell knows that. They know that they have addicts, and my daughter and me. We even posted on TikTok a picture of us together a few months ago when they had nacho fries before. So, if someone could give me a lifetime supply of nacho fries, then I would be just, that would just be great. That's my answer. What would you say <laughs> if your son <laughs> or anyone else tried to take your nacho fries. Oh, so we've been there and we be fighting. You don't even want to know how G H E double T O mama get in the car when. <laughs> so one time we ordered, this was not this go round because they're having them right now. Like the last go round, whenever December, or whatever, both my daughter and I ordered nacho fries. And I think maybe George ordered some too. And I let them, I made the mistake of letting them pick them out of the bag before giving them to me because I was driving. So, of course, what does mama end up with? The nacho fry that has the least in the carton. And the ones that were spilled over somehow magically appeared in their cartons. Now, we'd be fighting. I don't fight. Uh, I'll fight over nacho fries. 
I, just, so, that's what nacho fries. Yes, get it? That's what I was getting at right there. <laughs> I just realized Thank that. You. I just realized that. <laughs> These are nacho fries. Oh I'm gonna start saying that. <laughs> I was I hoping think, that moment would happen, and it did. Yes, Thank I'm you, thinking. Jamie. I'm thinking that my sister is just open the door to Nacho Gate, and. <laughs> It's not, like, your gate. it's not your gate. This is not your gate because these ain't these not your fries. And in a minute, I'm not your mama because. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> now, see, in this moment, I'm not your mama. My, I'm not your mama because <laughs> no. you don't you don't take Mm-mm. my nacho fries. Side mm. note, side mm-hmm. note, shout out. I remember being, and we're going back to New York. Now I'm going to full bring full yes. circle. Yes, um, professor. Yeah. So I was driving in New York one day, and there used to be a restaurant. I'm not sure if it's there. It's on the Upper West Side called Nacho Mama. Yes. I'm not sure if you remember that or not. Yes, I do. Yes. I do. Yes, I do. What kind of food that. was it? Was it Mexican or Mexican, was it soul food? No, I think it was Mexican. I'm pretty sure. I used to live on the Upper West Side. I'm trying to remember because, yes. I yeah, I think it was Mexican or okay. like Tex-Mex or something. Both. Yeah. True. Tex-Mex cornbread. <laughs> Chitlins and tacos. I don't know. You know. Look, hey. I, I, have, I have tasted some blends that blew me away, so I, I wouldn't even fade it. Pig feet tacos. All right. And on that note, we hope that you had fun with today's episode of Pig Feet Tacos, Colleges, New York City, and These Are Nacho Fries. So we hope that you enjoy the rest of your week and we will be talking to you Crop next circle week, Afro. Crop circle Afro. Y'all are crazy. Crop circle Afro. Jamie. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs> If you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you zero dollars. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.